Head back and forth with Pacioretty. Now Stevenson kicks it in. It will count. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. From the draw, Nicholas Haig rifles it home. One-time shot from Haig. Vegas ties it 3-3. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard, Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the Woo! Give us a call, 702-876-1340. The first segment is yours. Every Monday, 4 o'clock, we open up the phone lines and let you have your say. Talk about the Golden Knights in uh, supportive fashion. You can rant, you can rave, you can just scream to the ceiling uh, like a uh, Chris Chapman just did, but it's uh, three games in a row to start the homestand, three wins in a row to start the homestand, and they are piling up points and now nine and six on the year. Uh, let's uh, get out to the phone lines and uh, check in on our first caller, Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. As we have a couple of things to bring you up to date on uh, throughout this program, Will Carrier entering the uh, COVID protocol. We have uh, Sidney Crosby back in the National Hockey League and playing games. And we have our rating of the Saturday night extravaganza over the Vancouver Canucks in what was a very fun game for everyone involved as a back and forth. Maybe not the start that we necessarily wanted, uh, but certainly the great finish. So uh, caller number one, Chapman, is Mike. Welcome to the program, Mike. Hey, thanks. Um, I want to thank you or whoever had anything to do with Twitter telling us when practice was today. You're welcome. That was all me. Well, I'm going to, going to take your word for it. No, no. Well, uh, Gordon and that. Nate and don't, Sage and Garrett and Dakota and Will also had a say in it. Okay, but, me. But mostly, oh, okay. mostly it was me. It's like 10% Darren. Yeah. Oh, 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 one out of 10. All right. That's good enough. I don't care. Thank you. At any rate, we've got a, a house money game tomorrow. I wonder what you guys think, and then I have other, one other thought here. But what I mean by that is we're playing with a makeshift lineup still, and now without Will Carrier, playing maybe the best team in hockey right now. What do you think our chances are? How will we have to play? Yeah, almost have to play perfect. With the yeah. lineup that you have, you almost have to play perfect. But that's a great challenge, and the best part about tomorrow night for the Vegas Golden Knights is they are full of confidence going into it. Yeah, I'm I'm with Darren on that. Like against Carolina, you've got to try to take away what they do well and, and that is dominate possession, score on the rush. They're just such a good hockey team that for me, the game's got to look more similar to what the Golden Knights were able to do against Minnesota than what the last game looked like against Vancouver. You don't want it to be as open. You don't want the Golden Knights to be as loose as they were defensively. You want them to tighten things up against the Carolina Hurricanes team that can score and score a lot. Nice. What else do you have there, Mike? Yeah, either uh, either three and zero or three and one or four and zero. Either way, it's a great start uh, to the homestand. I wanted to mention that Ashley and Shane were bandying about earlier today on nighttime at noon. Yep. They were saying that the Golden Knights don't have a mascot canine. Well, I want to submit the name of Goldie, the Vegas cheerleader. I take her to every practice, and I'm hoping someday that Ashley will get a chance to meet her. 
We can set that up. We will make sure that we uh, have that happen. You Are you going to be ten percent in charge of that? I might even stretch it to twelve percent. No, no, my you need to be twenty-five percent in. in. Come there, on, there's not a thing that happens in this earth that I have a twenty-five percent influence on. There should be no. zero. There has to be. Nope, nope, nope. I keep it showing, showing up here today. You're not twenty-five percent responsible the, for that. The lowest bar imaginable. Wow. Yeah. Don't because if you raise it too high, no, I get people it. People expect it. This this makes a lot of sense. I'm not to doing me. that. Yeah, uh, thanks, it. Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, you, uh, I think I think Mike might have like an eighty-two percent rating right now. For leading us off on the first segment of the VGK Insider Show every Monday. It's not 82%. No? It's 100%. It's 100, yeah. It's 100%? It's 100%. Yeah. Well, funny story once about... Once again, I let the lower bar lower. He's... he's funny yeah. Funny story about Mike, and, and I'm sure Mike won't, won't mind me saying this. Every single post-game show, Bobby will not tell me who the first caller is. He just says, we have one caller, and I throw out to Mike, and it's no always way. Mike. Yeah, always, without fail. Thank you, Mike. What time does he phone in? Like after the second period? Uh, no, no, not that. I, I imagine that it's as soon as the sounder hits for mm. the extended postgame show, that's when Mike is calling. I don't know. I haven't confirmed that. So, Mike, when you call tomorrow, let me know exactly when you dial in. Well, I could tell you he apologized for calling in pre-woo. I was I was tempted to not I I was tempted to do a Bobby and not write the name down and just say we have a caller but uh, I I wasn't sure if if you guys would I, I figured Ryan would but I wasn't so sure about the guy who only puts twenty five percent or has only twenty five percent influence on things by the way met Goldie the golden retriever the other yeah. day it's a beautiful dog it is you basically already do that with the names. I say there's a line open. Let's go to the phone lines. And then you hold it up at the last second, and it's written in the smallest possible <laughs> Ryan, is, is this small? No, I mean, I can read it. All right. Well, There's a light out in the studio. Apparently, you only have 25% influence on what you can read as well. We know, he's, a, we know he doesn't have 20-20 vision. Back yeah. to the sure. phone lines. Who do we have? Christina. Christina, welcome to the program. Hi, I wanted to call and just give a big old thank you for the segment that you guys did last week on the Hyde Lounge. Oh. Because, yeah, because I was on my way to the game, you know, driving through traffic and on my way to uh, enjoy Hyde Lounge because of tickets given by a friend. And I heard what to eat and what to drink and what the deals were and what the setup was and just everything. I was like, how perfect is this for my first time up in the Hyde Lounge? Christina, did so you have thank a pink you. Whitney? Did you have a pink Whitney? I did, and it was yummy. Wow! And what else did you have uh, up there? What did you enjoy? Give us the give us the Hyde Lounge experience. Everybody can go up to Hyde Lounge. You don't need a ticket yeah. to go up there. But uh, so that's the the one thing that people got to know about. And Christina did. So uh, you are our spokesperson tonight. Oh, great! Yeah. Well, I was uh, privileged to sit in a couple of the thrones, Ooh. so that was super comfortable. And I would say, if you're about my size, you can fit two of you in each throne, <laughs> <laughs> and so that was comfy and and uh, spacious. Um, and uh, great view, of course, a great view. I took a panoramic picture um, just because no one would believe what I would tell them if I were just to use words. Um, so great view. Um, you, we had our own little TV to look at, um, to see replays and stuff like that. And, um, there's music in the background. So it's, I'm, I'm not so much, you know, the club type person, but if you are, I bet you'd have an even better time up there. Um, because there's a DJ and, um, the, the people, um, serving, uh, are attentive and the food is delicious. Um, we had some flatbread. We had some blonde brownies. Mm. Uh, we had some uh, sliders. 
again, the Pink Whitney was great. I didn't win the signed Carlson jersey, but that's okay. I, I don't regret the Pink Whitney. Um, yeah. You sound, was, sounds like you had wonderful. a night, Christina. Christina, have you called before? I have not. I've thought about it now and yeah. then, but I've not. Well, this was this is great because the the Hyde Lounge it brings people together. Yeah, they have a good time, and it's brought us together. So, so yeah. thanks for calling, yeah. and please call back again. We'll tell Tommy and Tommy Apolito uh, all, all about uh, the reaction, and and they said please they do. had uh, they had some uh, good turnout too. So uh, yeah. have some fun up there. Absolutely, thank you, Christina. Uh, going to Hyde Lounge. Yeah, I, I mean Hyde Lounge is awesome. I I will be finding my way to Hyde Lounge for something here in the not too uh, not too distant future. So I can't wait and uh, it's it's cool. Thank you for calling in Christina and letting us know um, that's that was your experience because that's exactly what we want to hear. 702-876-1340. We have a line open. Uh, call us on the VGK Insider show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stephanie. Hi, how are you guys doing? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm like living off the excitement of this homestand starting 3-0. and So that's, you know, and it's, it seems kind of weird to me to feel like I was most worried about the Vancouver game and the way it started. And it going into it, it seems like that should have been the game that was least worrying. Yeah, but I always, uh, w- wounded teams, like coming off that, that performance against Colorado, I thought uh, that they would be a struggle. And it, it again looked that way, but uh, it was a great reaction, great adjustment by the team halfway through the game. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely looked like Vancouver was out there playing for their coach's job, and um, good on them. They did. They put up a great fight, but uh, it was really exciting to see Marshy get his hundredth goal as a Golden Knight and his hundred and first. That was a really cool um, milestone to get to see our first player have a hundred goals. Yeah, I mean, I, you look at Jonathan Marcheseau and just what he's been able to do so far this year when the injuries happened, you needed guys to step up and, and play bigger than than what their role currently is. Marcheseau, nine goals now on the year, first Golden Knight with 100 goals as a Golden Knight. Like, it's no surprise to me that it's him, right? Like, he, he's been kind of that guy when this team needs a bit of a spark. It's always Jonathan Marcheseau. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a betting person, but absolutely if somebody said, you know, you have to bet on what player is going to stand up when we need it, Marcheseau would be at the top of the list every time because when there's a oops, sorry, when there's a big moment, he is there and standing up for it. Oh, what's your favorite game so far of of the 3 in the homestand? Oh my goodness. Um I I think probably the Vancouver game because that was just that was an exciting game. After we got the power play goal late in the first, that game was just edge of your seat, nonstop action. I agree with you 100%. Thanks, Stephanie. Hey, I, have a, I, yeah. I, I know because you say you have a lot of pull. Yeah. So they had the um, photo shoot with all the puppies. Yes. Maybe next time you could get them to also have some kittens. Because there's lots of kitties in the shelter, too, that need adopted. I totally agree. Uh, this was through Vegas Roots Rescue, uh, <laughs> and I'm not sure about the, the cat uh, population right now. And, um, you know, some uh, sometimes it's just uh, what works in, at that particular time. So, But I will, I will absolutely uh, make sure that we, we mention that uh, to, about the uh, little kitty cats. Thank you, Darren. I don't like to ask a lot. No, no, you can ask. You're my cat person because I know you finally have. A cat. I don't. Harley and Harley and Earl. Uh, Dominic Earl almost went uh, went off the balcony last night, but uh, he was he was he was he he land on all fours. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> uh, he was a he was a very annoying 
How is your retriever night. doing, by the way? Uh, we're getting surgery at some point this week. Oh, yeah, me. yeah, yeah. But she's adapted. She's uh, she's now walking it off. Now I'm thinking I'm getting surgery. I'm kidding. Oh, come I'm on. I'm kidding about that. Uh, thanks, Stephanie. Send uh, in head boops her way. I will do that. Uh, there's Stephanie, uh, one of our favorites on the VGK Insider Show. No, you, ever, you guys don't have cats, but the cat was just annoying me all night. It was just like crazy. Can you uh, hold that up again? <laughs> just so I can. Why do you show it? Now do you know? You know what I mean? I mean, I can read it. Wallace has I no know. problem, yeah. But I was I was talking to him. You held it up, and then you put well, it down. Like, in fairness, you got to give Darren more than a couple of seconds well, to, well, I to mean, adjust I, to I it. Guess, I guess I need to also wrap my head around the idea that the cat almost went off the balcony last night. There's going to be no follow-up to that, I'm sure. No, it's... I'm, and the, the pool's below the balcony. Okay. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah, totally. And it's not a high <laughs> balcony. Don't I, I don't want this to sound how, like it's... How, how like high it, is it? Uh, half a story. Oh, okay. So we're good. Yeah, he's fine. It's not like it's an 11th floor or anything like that. Because that would be drawing the line. That, well, 12. Cats are very nimble. Very nimble. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Who do we have? It's Lou. Lou, Papa. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, hey uh, a couple things. First, I now have a challenge. I've got to beat Mike in on the phone call on, on the uh, post-game show, so... That's my challenge for the rest of the season. I need to get in before Mike and Rita. Good luck. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, Brian, you and I talked a little bit on one of the extended shows a week or so back about how all the, with, with all the chaos in the lineup, it looked like the team was finally starting to gel and, and continued in, you know, into this obvious. I also like the idea, as I thought about it, that down the road as – players come and go and players come up, you know, into the ranks and, and stay up, that it's not going to be such a new experience for those young guys that it's like, hey, I've already skated with these guys a lot. I know what it's like. I know their tendencies and things like that. So I think moving forward, this actually helps the organization as a whole to grow. And and I got a question for you guys regarding the, the Eichel contract. What do you think the salary cap is going to look like next year? I haven't heard much talk about that. It uh, should go up a touch because there's people back in the building, but I, I I would consider using my best knowledge to say that it was going to be. It'll probably remain pretty flat. It'll mm. take a couple. It'll take a couple of years. It, it might go up a smidge, but I think we're talking flat cap here. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm afraid of. I figured at least maybe another couple million would help try to get you know things worked out a little easier with uh, with Jack. But uh, apparently, that's not going to be the case since there's not much talk about it currently. Uh, yeah, and, and remember, this is part of the CBA that they extended uh, during the course of the uh, the, the bubble and uh, keeping things flat for for a couple of years. So, uh, I'll, I'll do some digging right now, and and I'll let you know uh, as we as we move along here. Uh, your idea about players coming up and spending some time here, I think it's I think it's bang on, you guys. Mm. Being able to if if a player gets sent down and then gets recalled down the road, it's not going to be like hey, I. Good to see you again, or whatever. It's just going to be, oh, Paul's back. Yeah, it, it, it's seamless. I think I think it's a great observation by you guys. Yeah, there's no yep. substitute for experience, right? And these guys are all getting a wealth of experience right now at the NHL level. Um, it, it can only impact you in a positive way when when you get recalled later on in the season and you're you're in the lineup trying to make an impact. I, I think whatever whatever time you get now helps you then. 
you know what? Speaking of experience, too, real quick on a side note, yeah. Chris didn't cut me off once today, so I think that his experience with that board is finally paying off for us callers. Well, you know what we do? <laughs> as soon as a caller makes it on the air and we start having a conversation, we have a rule. He has to slide back away from the board, and he's not allowed to touch anything until we end the conversation. Then he comes back, and it's worked well the last uh, little bit. So I, I thank you for your, uh, your support on that. Salary cap expected to rise by $1 million, so just a smidge, uh, 82.5 uh, next year. That's the early projections, but a, $1 million is, I don't know, like half a percent or something like that. What, I, Thanks, I'd, love to, I'd love to get a bump of half a percent if it were take it. to, one, to, yeah, one, yeah, take to it. one million. But when it comes to uh, Jack's contract, uh, it's it's not going to make a big, uh, big, huge difference. Uh, Chapman, you can do your thing now, buddy. There you go. Uh, we got uh, phone lines uh, open, 702-876-1340. Give us a call. Uh, let us know what you think. You, you know what a theme that's happened throughout this homestand is Vegas scoring in the last minute of periods. Yep. It's happened four times in three games. I know. It's pretty awesome. It changes it, everything. It, they've been monster goals, too. Like, mm-hmm. they've been so, so impactful, not just because they're goals in the last minute of a period, but they're, they're huge goals in the context of a game, whether it's to tie the game up going into intermission or get you on the board feeling good about yourself going into intermission. Um, the Golden Knights have, have kind of made that a habit, and – it's it's working right now. They're able to feed off of that as the game wears on, and it's been it's it's been a testament to this team playing until that final whistle, until that final horn goes off. This team's playing to find a way to score. The the goal in the final minute of the second period against Seattle was massive, mm-hmm. and the goal in the final minute of the first period on Saturday night, uh, being on the board and down two one uh, instead of two nothing. Huge, and it's uh, happened uh, four times in three games of this VGK homestand, in which they're three and zero to start. Now nine and six on the year. You do it. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty is the number if you'd like to join us here. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Michael. Michael, how you doing today? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Go Knights, go! What's happening, Michael? Hey, can I just talk Raiders real quick? Is that well, allowed? Well, uh, I'm not sure the, the the fit, but what's your what's your statement? Oh, I just got to get this out there. I just think it's it's time to park the car. Please let's oh. give Mariota a chance. The guy can move around better, and it'll it'll threaten the defense a lot better with a running quarterback. Car car can't move anything. He's like an older Tom Brady. I mean, he's awful. It's time to get rid of him. We need, the difference from their passing technique or percentage is not that great, but the opportunity that Mariota has to be running. Michael, I'm going to, to stop you right the there. Defense, the uh, defense knows Carr's not going to run. I'm going to stop you so right they there. All right. Do whatever they want. Uh, and, and just, Michael, I'm going to give you some advice right now. Turn off the radio because you're not going to like what I have to say right now. Okay, so don't listen to this. Uh, one, you called you called the wrong station. We're 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 talking hockey. We got a we got a Raider radio station down the hallway, taking calls all day long. Uh, n- number two, uh, I don't, I'm not sure how many people you'd find out of a hundred to to take Mariota over a car, but it's it's in single digits, and it may not be more than five, and that might include Mariota's family. 
And number number three, if you're going to compare anybody while you're slamming them and hammering on somebody, you don't say that person's terrible like Tom Brady. An older Be- Tom Brady. Because when you do that, you realize you're saying that person's terrible and you're saying like the greatest of all time. So you so Michael, I appreciate the call. I do. You 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 took uh, our suggestion to give us a, a call 702-876-1340. You called, but you kind of missed it there. It it wasn't even like wide right. It wasn't off the goalpost by missing it. You hit it right into the long snapper's butt. And that was a poor kick. So Michael, but call again. Seriously. Yeah, please do. When you have yeah. a golden night take. When you have a, a golden night take. Well, he did say go nights go to start. Well, that was positive. Yeah. 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 Got to like that. Beyond that. Uh, who's who's next, Chapman? You want to say it? Yeah, go his name it. is Lathan. Lathan. What's up, buddy? Hey, how you guys doing? Tell me this has something to do with hockey. Oh, yeah. That last call was kind of comical. It made me laugh a little bit. Yeah. But, yes, I was That's the one you always want to you want to follow that one up. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> no, I just wanted to give a huge shout-out to Panda. One of my gripes in the early season was that he was having issues controlling rebounds. Uh, but as of late, he seems to have really cleaned it up, and it's uh, translating into wins. So it's nice to see that Panda's really stepped up his rebound control. And uh, shout-out to Bressois as well. I hadn't really heard of him until we picked him up. But that man's a stud. He's played real well when he's been interjected into the lineup. So big shout-out to the goaltending of Vegas for stepping up. And, Lathan, do you and I know each other? Uh, I've called once before. Okay, so that's it. You just you sound familiar, and I'm, I was trying to, to place it somewhere. So if, if we've only talked on the air, that's, uh, that's good. But you just, it, it, uh, we've got a connection. That's how good your call was after, after Michael's. <laughs> uh, thanks for the call. Uh, Laurent Bressois, 2-1 and one on the year. Mm-hmm. If, if your backup can win two of three starts, that's exactly what you ask. And Panda? I love the picture with him and Marcia So. Oh, it was fantastic. The, the tweet. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, goaltending was always going to be a story for this team this year, and we know that what Robin Leonard and Lauren Bressois have done early on this season has gone a long way to quieting that narrative, and that's that's huge, not just for the Golden Knights as they move forward, but for Robin Leonard too, because there's a lot of pressure that is involved in this season and he's been equal to the task all year long so based on what pete DeBoer said last week regarding his goaltending rotation Mm -hmm. and share and then following through and giving brassois one of the three starts on the on the homestand i would expect robin leonard to play two of three this week and it basically works out to if you if you look at it on on a whole vegas is going to play between three and four games every week Mm mm-hmm that gives Brassois one start a week. And they went 12 days between starts, uh, between the Dallas assignment and the one in, in Detroit. Yeah. And everybody around looked and said, that was, that was unfair. And now it looks like it's zeroed in a lot more to once a week you're going to get Brassois, which is going to mean huge things or should be really beneficial to, to Robin Leonard. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... For Robin, there's there's going to be kind of an, an ideal workload that you're you're kind of working with as a framework. And, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of, of fifty-five games topping out at, at most, at most at, at yeah. around sixty is kind of where you want him to be. Um 
And and for that to happen, Loren Brassois is going to have to play, and he's going to have to play more often than he did to start the year. And you know the 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 game against Minnesota goes a long way. Like you you see you've seen him three times. He was good against Minnesota. He was phenomenal against Dallas. The Detroit game was a tough one for him. But we've we've talked about that layoff in action and and that being a difficult start for him. So the more often you can work him in and the trust you have in him to win a game when he when he gets into in, into the net, that's huge. And and it's going to be necessary because you need Robin Leonard playing at his best and peaked for the playoffs. I don't know whether we'll get there now because Leonard's played so much. Sure. Like he's played 12, started 12 of, of 15 mm-hmm. games. Maybe there'll be a point where where Brassois gets a couple of uh, extra starts in there, but my optimal optimal number would be 52. 52 and 30, if you could go there. Yeah. And f- 50, 50, 32 would be almost gold, the sweet spot, go- knowing what's going to happen in, in the postseason. I think that might be out of reach now mm-hmm. based on, on starting 12 of 15, but uh, I, I don't want to be anywhere near 55 and I don't want anything to do with 60. I, I think we're kind of in that realm though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause you, you can't, you can't take Robin out of groove. You know what I mean? Like he's going to have to play and the, the starts are going to have to be frequent for him, for him to continue to play at the level that he is. Uh, but I mean, like, I, I tend to align more with you than than I do in my own numbers. Yeah, I best, just think best case scenario. Best case scenario, yeah. he's he's fifty two to fifty five starts, depending mm-hmm. on games you quote unquote need to win, want to win, whether whether it be a big game or home ice advantage, whatever. But you know, I, I think realistically, right now we're we're low. The low range of that number is going to be fifty five and up. So you got five, twenty, twenty four, twenty six weeks left. In the season, mm-hmm. just off the top of my head, yeah. So there's there's 26 more starts, but that that Olympic break, so yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be hard to get there. Uh, 30 30 is going to be tough to to get there for Laurent Brassois. He did have a significant hand in both wins yeah. that he played. Oh, for sure, for sure. He had something cool happen to him today too. Middle of practice, mm-hmm. lost a skate blade. So so Pete blows the whistle. And they gather around the the whiteboard, yeah. and in comes Laurent Brassois, slide like doing one of those pushes, lateral pushes on his pads. But he's he's comes around the group and comes sliding right to the bench. And I'm like, well, he's just he's just having some fun. Mm-hmm. This is cool. He comes whipping by, yeah. and and just flying. And then he jumps up and walks into the bench, and he's got his, his skate blade in his in his trapper in his glove. They pop it back in. He's back on the ice. That's fantastic. I, the play wasn't even at his end, so I don't know how it popped out or what happened, unless he took a shot earlier and it just yeah. got wiggled loose. But it was it was one of those ones where I'm like, what's he doing? He looks like one of those those goalie drills where the guys are all pushing to one side, pushing, oh, uh, off he goes. This is a missed opportunity for you. You don't uh, know how it happened? Ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, could be could be ghosts. You Come guys, on, you guys really do downplay the role of the supernatural. I. Just, I don't understand why you didn't go there. You had an opportunity to. It's unexplainable. I was so with ghosts. I'm so giddy at uh, telling my story. 702-876-1340. Uh, give us a call. Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Uh, the, the Montreal Canadiens could use a couple of ghosts uh, to, to help them out right now. Uh, we have uh, ghosts that are that are 
Uh, right now, uh, transporting over from Nassau Coliseum to UBS Arena. We'll talk about that uh, on Long Island, where the Islanders are, are wrapping up their road trip. As we go back to the phone lines, Frank, you're on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. How are you, pal? Hey, I'm doing really good. <clears throat> hey, you know, when you, uh, the last caller you were talking to, you said he sounded familiar. I was warned. Look at this crazy guy. Okay. Anyway. What's going I'm, on? I'm give, me, dr- give me the update. What's going on up there? Well, um, I was just wondering if, if, uh, if someone, if, if we needed someone to come out on, out on the ice and it's a power play or shorthanded, if, uh, could you, instead of bringing another player out there, could you put two goalies in? No. No, you can't that play. Against, yeah, that, that's against the rules. That, that would be against the rule, right? Yeah. Be a heck, okay, that, be a heck of I a penalty-killing uh, strategy, though. <laughs> I tried not to say that on the air to look silly. I tried to get the guy to say, say that for me, but he said he had to put me on the air. So now I really feel stupid. <laughs> that's that's all right. What what was going on on the road there? That, uh, that oh, got you uh, I'm driving on the 215 just yeah. now, and I'm passing uh, Pecos uh, heading to Henderson, going home, and some crazy guy just was flying on the in the emergency uh, lane. Just uh, and I we're at standstill traffic, so maybe he didn't want to uh, be in traffic. Or I don't know. Or hopefully everything is all right with the guy. But that was kind of scary. He almost uh, took out the side panel of my truck. Yeah, when but, those uh, motorcycles do that, too, it scares me. I jump out of my skin. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it, Frank. Yeah, you bet. Great listening to you guys. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Uh, get home safe. Uh, power play, by the way, 5 for 12 hmm. since it broke the seal Weird. on the season. And we're not talking about it anymore. That's the beauty of it. That's 5 for part. 12. So you're, you're, you're 47% mm-hmm. right now. Yep. So the swing... Is extraordinary, isn't yep. it? Over the first ten games, and then five for twelve since that uh, game in Montreal, and and the goal came at at the most bizarre time in that game because Montreal was carrying all the play, yeah, and Petrangelo slammed it home. Yeah, it's it, again for the Golden Knights, and as we heard Pete DeBoer at the beginning of the year, let's judge the power play at the end of the season. You look at the first ten games. I understand why the power play drew the ire of fans. Uh, no one's talking about it now. No one's talking about the power play now. And getting Mark Stone back, I don't think that there's going to be much in terms of rumblings about the penalty kill either because the Golden Knights, I think, are starting to find their groove on the penalty kill, and and their special teams are going to really do some damage for them over the next little while. Uh, to Fred and Paula, thank you for calling. We're not going to get to uh, your calls, but call next week on the BGK Insider Show to start off the 4 o'clock hour every Monday. Uh, we have an update on Alec Martinez coming up. also want to tell you what happened in Sidney Crosby's first game because uh, there was a significance beyond just the result in the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. And games have been canceled because of COVID. Didn't want to go there, but the National Hockey League has uh, made that decision. We'll tell you how it impacts and who it impacts on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. You know the question about the two goalies? Mm-hmm. Got me thinking. When I was covering the Western Hockey League, mm-hmm. the Regina Pats signed an offensive lineman from the Regina Rams from the uh, Prairie Football Conference. 
whatever it was, but not to play goal. They signed him and just put him in front of the net as a screen on the power play. So outlandish ideas have occurred before. I I mean, I don't I don't dislike the idea, especially on a penalty kill. Yeah. Throw two goalies in the net. Come on. Now, I how would you, you do it? Now, I'm going to give you options. Okay. Would you put the goalies side by side? Mm-hmm. Or would you play them? Would you stack them up one in front of the other and Ooh. and try and react to the play? I don't feel like you can stack them um, one in front of the other. Like, there'd have to be a bit of a stagger, but I do like the idea. One. I do <laughs> like the idea of having to beat two goalies mm-hmm. on a shot. I don't know that I don't like, I don't think that happens. Um, Instead of just putting them side by side along the goal line and daring people to to shoot, yeah, I, I think I I think I'd stagger them, but one in front of the other. Or do you have put them one in front of the other, and one takes care of the lower part of the net, mm. and one takes care of, like there's a lot of for just having this thrown at us. Sure, I think there's a lot of different strategy that you could go here instead of just throwing two guys in the net and saying, hey, free wheel. Maybe maybe just have one guy at the top of the crease in a two pad stack. And then you got the other one behind them. Okay, so because I'm going to lean on my Olympic experience here. In water polo at the Olympic Games in Tokyo this summer, yeah. I learned in, in my 52 games of water polo that I, that I watched, mm-hmm. the goaltender can receive a penalty and has to be excluded. So it's an ex- exclusion penalty. So the goalie actually swims over to the penalty box in what? the pool. Yes, yes. No way. Yeah, yeah. I the goalie has to go over to the penalty box in the pool, and they're 20-second penalties. Uh-huh, yeah. The goalie has to stay there, and what they do is they put, like, five or six of the water polo forwards up, and a water polo, you can you can only, the forwards can only touch the ball with one hand. Hmm. Goalie is the only one that is allowed to use two hands. So they, there's like five or six players lined up on the goal line, all with one arm out of the uh, out of the pool, trying to block it off. I bet you it happened. If it happened ten times, Ryan, uh-huh. there was one goal. Really? I found teams were better at defending <laughs> when they didn't have a goalie in that in water polo than they did when they uh, when they had a goalie. So this all comes off of. The call in the uh, in the first half hour talking about whether or not you could use two goaltenders in the penalty kill. I must have missed the ten times it happened when I was watching water <laughs> water polo for the course of the summer. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, it was. It took a while for it to happen. But wow, I, I I knew nothing about water polo when I went there. Mm-hmm. You could probably say I know next to nothing still about water polo. Maybe like twelve percent more. <laughs> twelve twelve might be on the high end, pal. Might be on the high end. And I'm not, Certainly not twenty five percent. No, more. no, 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 no. Uh, so yeah, uh, exclusion fouls, the goaltender and water polo. It might be the only sport where the goaltender has to serve the penalty. Yeah, that's wild. That really is. Uh but I mean, you know, strategies and Maybe, maybe, maybe there will be teams that are bad defensively that will just ask their goaltender to take more penalties so that they can mm-hmm. defend better. I was talking about this with somebody last week. If has there ever have, have you ever seen a picture or some video of a goaltender in the penalty box in hockey? I don't think so. I don't think so. I I I haven't. I'm not sure it's ever happened. But if a goalie fights, the goalie gets kicked out. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have to serve the penalty. Goalie gets 10-minute misconduct. Somebody else has to go over and serve the 10-minute misconduct yeah. or the minor penalty. 
I don't think that there's an instance, like, even a line brawl, I've never even seen where the referee just throws the goaltender in the penalty box to get him off the ice for two minutes while they try and break up the other fights. I mean, if there was ever a time, it would have been Patrick Waugh, right? Yeah. The, those those Donnie Brooks with, uh, with the Detroit Red Wings. But I don't recall that ever being a thing. I really don't. Do you think the goaltender should serve his own minor? How about this? The goaltender has to leave for the two minutes, mm-hmm. and you have to bring the backup in if the goalie takes a penalty. That would be a cool rule change that wouldn't fundamentally affect the game, but might generate more offense. So I like the idea of a goaltender having to serve their own penalty. I don't like the idea of throwing a cold backup in for two minutes. I don't like that. Like, What's, make- what's the difference there just when the goalie's terrible and the coach throws a cold backup in? I, I think that... I mean, you're you're throwing a cold backup in with when your goalie's terrible to play the rest of the game, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're unless throwing, you're Keenan, well, sure, but you, you're you're throwing in a backup in that situation to play two minutes when he's shorthanded. Shorthanded. Like that's that's a that's a tall ask. Like you might go from zero to twelve shots depending on who who the power. That's play. what Bersois basically did when yeah, he went in in, in L A. because LA, they took yeah. a penalty right away and then yeah. he. He faced down that Drew Doughty I, clapper. I mean, like, I, I like the idea of it. I just, I would like it to be something that I, I don't think would lead to an injury for a backup. And I just think that that's a situation where, um, you know, the more of those you have throughout a season, throughout a, a game, it, the, the more difficult it might be for that backup to just get in and, and be able to, to escape that situation without an injury. See, I hear everything that you're saying, mm-hmm. and I can, I can see that being the argument for the, Players Association. Sure. Yet, yet, if a coach wants to make a change at any point during the game, and we've had changes in the third period and back half of the third period mm-hmm. when a goaltender has gone south, they have no trouble doing that. We've had goaltenders put in for the shootout when the coach has decided that the the other guy's not going to give you the best chance to win. Yeah. So when it suits the coaches, nobody has any issue doing it. And the, the teams have no issue with them doing it because it's going to give you a better chance to win. But if we put, because it wouldn't, it wouldn't fundamentally change the game. mm -hmm. And I think it would, it should just by the fact that you're going from the bench to the, to the ice. If, uh, if the cold goaltender is going in should generate more offense and and it would be, wouldn't it be cool to watch? Okay. So Mark, uh, Robin Leonard takes penalty. Yeah. And Marcheseau is going to serve it, but mm-hmm. Leonard has to to sit out the two minutes because he can't come back. So to have Leonard and Marcheseau both sitting in the penalty box at the same time beside each other mm-hmm. would be one of the coolest things. And I liked their picture yesterday, mm-hmm. yeah. the tweet out, yeah. but that would be neat. But why would Marcheseau serve it? Well, because you'd have to have somebody come on the ice. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I, I think you just, what, I think what until you the do, stoppage. No, you change. Yeah, change goalies on the fly. I had a coach do that. Change goalies on the fly. Canadian I would University. Love it. He would do that all the time. He would change goalies on the fly. Leonard goes to the net. Brassois goes to the bench. It would be fantastic. I can tell you at the highest level of Canadian college hockey, yeah. a coach would do that all the time. His name, was Tom, his name was Tom Skinner. Yeah. He, Tom and I didn't have a great relationship. Uh, hey, Tom. He cut me a couple of times. And so Tom would do that. The team didn't appreciate it. Yeah. The goalies didn't appreciate it. And... You know who didn't appreciate it the most? The team you were playing. Because <laughs> it felt like you were rubbing it in. Now, it wasn't always when they were up by five. It mm-hmm. wasn't always when they were down by five. But 
what the last thing you need to be doing is trying to rub it or the perception that you're rubbing on somebody's face. So the change in the goalies on the fly, I, I speak from experience. There, there that's been, not a good one. There have been a few times where goalies have changed on the fly with empty net situations mm-hmm. where, where you'll have a goalie jump back off the bench and the extra attack. That should happen off. more often. I No, I agree with you. Uh, listen, I would love to see more chaos. And mm-hmm. more chaos is certainly goaltenders serving their own penalties and having to change on the fly. I don't think it happens for all the reasons that I laid out, but I'm not against it. I'm not against it because it would just be fun. Wallace, we're in an era right now where coaches are pulling the goalie down by one with three minutes to go. The, the, Didn't Haxtell pull pull a goalie at like five and a half minutes? I the think they day? were down by two, though. They were, but yeah. it's, it's and hyper Patrick, Patrick Waugh's done it with nine minutes, ten oh, yeah. minutes. Yeah. So, But the analytics say, I've talked to John Cooper about this, mm. the analytics say the earlier, the better. Sure. So it's if if the coach wants to do it at two and a half, the analytics say it's five and a half to do it. But when you're when you're pulling the goaltender at three and a half minutes to three three minutes to go, the extra attacker or or there should be a strategy on the ice where if you turn it over, somebody goes to the bench and gets that goaltender back on the ice. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, but it doesn't happen very often. No. There, there 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 has been sure the odd occasion, yeah. But it doesn't happen very often. I wonder why. Probably because it's hard to have goalies change on the fly. Like you could barely get into the bench, and you didn't have any gear on. Oh, and that uh, yeah, yeah. that video I've seen thing. It. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. It was. I, I find changing on the fly very hard. Here's here's another thing that's never evolved since 1901, when coaches pull the goaltender for the extra attacker. Nothing's ever. Changed. You know what the signal is? Chapman? No idea. You know what the signal is? Yeah. Wave your arm. Yeah. Oh, Come I figured. On. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Come on. Let's it's, go. It's been the same since 1901 or whenever the first game of hockey was played where you pulled the goaltender <laughs> for the extra attacker. Well, what are you looking for that's Nothing different? Nothing has ever changed. What do you other propose? Other than, than waving your arms. You know what I propose? Yeah. A light. A light on the bench? A little light. Like smoke screens? Like what something, are we doing here? You, you, you turn on a little little orange light or something, and that means the goalie comes. Because the goalie stand there. Mm-hmm. He's got a million people behind the bench. Sure. It's hard to see. And the, the coach is holding up his hand. He's like waiting, and then he starts waving or yelling. It's a, it's confusing. I think there should be a better system. In, in 120 years yeah. of, of hockey, we haven't improved the signal to pull the goaltender on the fly for the extra attacker one bit. What if, like in the studio, the light's out? Like you're a coach and you're pressing that button and yep. there's no light that lights up, so then your goalie has no then, idea. Then you've got, you've got then the backup. Then you've got the backup. Waving Wave. your arms? Waving but your then arms. that becomes confusing because you're not doing it hey, for a while. It's crazy. It's, it's all part of the confusion right now. It's I'm chaos. Trying, I'm trying Darren to Millard. break it down. Uh, when we, can, we got way off track yeah, in, we did. in that segment. But uh, but we are going to bring you up to date with uh, with a situation involving the Ottawa Senators. Sidney Crosby's back. Uh, we've got one timers in hour number two. And we've got rating the Saturday night victory over the Vancouver Canucks using our uh, patented rating scale involving peppers. But up next, it's the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. 
Oh, I am going to make Ryan Wallace's week in hour number two. It's Monday, so it's it's an easy one to do. But I, I think what I'm going to tell him in hour number two is going to stand up for the rest of the week. Plus, we're going to rate the performance over the Vancouver Canucks, give you some one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, a lot to catch up on uh, there. But first, it's our play of the day, and it comes courtesy of a raw rookie in Saturday night's victory over the Vancouver Canucks. Colasar, side of the net to Donovan, front, score! It's Jake LeCision! It's his first National Hockey League goal, and it's a 4-3 Golden Knights lead. What a pass, what a finish through the five hole for Jake LeCision. Two points today, and the Knights are back on top. Evgeny Dodonov with a beautiful feat. How did he know he was there? I don't know. Because the way the play developed, yeah. it was it was strange that he even knew that Jake was in front of the net. And that puck barely got underneath. The, the, the save, the reaction by Thatcher Demko mm-hmm. was outstanding. Yeah. And it's, it was the perfect placement. Just an elite play by Donov mm-hmm. and, and Jake LeCision going to the front of the net. The only shame in all of this is that that wasn't the game-winning goal. Yes. Right? Like, that's the only thing that you take away from that moment saying, ah, I wish there was something different. It should have been a game winner. It wasn't, but heck of a moment for Jake LeCision and just a phenomenal play from Dodonov. So much fun. Uh, those are uh, starting to become regular fodder uh, plays of the day, courtesy of guys scoring their first National Hockey League goals. When we continue, rating Saturday's victory over the Vancouver Canucks said this one could get interesting given the back-and-forth nature of the game. And then we'll also make Ryan's week. is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.